like Quincy, I became a Christian when someone invited me to Soul Survivor when I was a teenager, which was a significantly longer time ago than Quincy. No. Uh, <laughs> it was back in 1996. Okay. So <laughs> nine years before you. But yeah, so invite your friends to New Day people. It's important. Um, and another interesting thing about me, well, I think it's interesting, uh, when I used to work, I don't work anymore because I've got three children, three small children, but when I used to work, I was a solicitor, um, a human rights solicitor, and I specialised in mental health, and I represented people who had been sectioned, so people who tried to kill themselves, or who like, killed somebody else, lots of murderers and psychopaths, <coughs> so that was always fun. <laughs> stories about that if anyone wants to hear some later. Uh, <laughs> or if anyone gets sectioned, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> but now I look after my children and sometimes I preach the gospel because that's what God told me to do. So I've started doing that at church sometimes. And it's always been scary, but you lot are far less scary, aren't you? from 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. That is the right one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I've got a whole different talk. Um, it says, And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. What does that do when I say glory? Glory. 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 There's no light hand action. Or, yeah. Glory. Right, I thought I was behind her. from the Lord, who is his, the Spirit. So that's what 
short, the answer to what is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, it's to transform us into Jesus' likeness. So, what is Jesus' likeness? Who was he? What did he do? Jesus was a rabbi. Do I know what that means? <laughs> so, <laughs> it means teacher. It does mean teacher. Good one, Ethan. Good one. So, he had these guys who followed him, his disciples or followers, if you will. And back in the day in um, Israel, there used to be lots of rabbis. He wasn't the only one. There were all these religious teachers called rabbis. And they would have their little group of followers, their disciples. And actually like this, when I talked about it before in church, their followers would follow them so closely that sometimes they would like copy the way they walked. Like imagine if the rabbi had a limp and then everyone behind them was like walking along with a bit of a limp. <laughs> or they like copied his accent and like the way he talked. So, because they would just follow him so closely and like want to just be like him. So, I don't know if people copied the way Jesus walked or his accent, but that's essentially what his followers, his disciples did. They just, they were training to be like him. And it says in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is given to us basically in lieu of Jesus because Jesus died. So God sent the Holy Spirit so that we'd have him instead of Jesus, like in his place. It says in John 14, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. Um, but the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So that's what the Holy Spirit is for, to teach us all things and remind us of everything that Jesus said. So we've got a new teacher instead of Jesus. We've got the Holy Spirit who actually lives in us. So in this book, what's this? It's the Bible. Does everyone have a Bible at home? Does everyone have access yeah. to one? Is there anyone who doesn't? Because like we need to sort that out if there's anyone who doesn't have a Bible at home. So let's get first things first. No? Okay. Yeah, you've got it on your back. Yeah, to be fair. Okay. All right, I'm old school, right? <laughs> But the best thing I can teach you about the work of the Holy Spirit today in your life is where to find what, where it says what the Holy Spirit does. Because I can like, talk to you about all the list of all the words of the Holy Spirit, the ones that you acted out, some of them, in the reverse charades or whatever it's called. Um, you know, I can give you lists, but you're not going to remember that. So the most important thing I can tell you is where to look it up if you decide that you want to go and have a read of it for yourselves and you can go back to it any time. Because, let's face it, it's hard to remember when someone's like, hey, trying to teach you something. It goes in one ear, out the other. So the passages that you want to remember for the work of the Holy Spirit is John, John's Gospel, chapters 14 and 16, and they've got those handy little subheadings where it says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, which come in very handy. <laughs> so in John 14, it says that Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Has anyone noticed that when people try and read the Bible who are not Christians, they find it really, really difficult? And they're like, why do you want to read that? Like, it's so hard. But if you try and read the Bible when you're a Christian... We've got this teacher inside of us who 
makes it more clear and like makes things jump out at you that um, that, that he wants to draw your attention to um, and he helps you to understand. So I've noticed this more recently when I've been allowed to preach in the church to the grown-ups um, <laughs> because I've got no training in that, let's face it. <laughs> um, I haven't done any, any Bible training or anything, like I've been a Christian for quite a long time, but I haven't been to Bible college or anything. But um, I found that when God tells me, like, I want you to talk about this, and then I go and read it, I can understand it better because I pray about it and, like, the Holy Spirit makes things pop out on the page at me or, like, tells me, Google this, and then I Google it and those things come up. So <laughs> it's, it's like I'm getting a new revelation of what it's like to have the Holy Spirit as teacher and um, it gives you kind of authority to know that what you're reading, you, you understand it. And then in the passage in John 16, it says that the Holy Spirit also reveals truth. So that's like being a teacher as well. So those are two sort of headings we've got of what the Holy Spirit does. Teacher reveals truth. The next one, oh, I loved it when you were acting out convict. <laughs> like, I expected you all to act out like prisoners, but then some of you were doing, like, actually, like, I convict you. And she got it straight away. What? And you were like, yeah, convict. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and you know how you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you do something that you know God won't like? Like, oh, I've got, got examples, like, when... When you cheat on a boyfriend, oh my goodness, and and you get, <laughs> I know, maybe when you cheat on a boyfriend, you get that, <laughs> you get that feeling like in the pit of your stomach. And have you noticed how like half the world are having sex before marriage, or like living together and just sleeping around, and like half the world are doing it without a care. Like, it's just normal behaviour. But when you're a Christian, it's so much harder to do that, like, if you try, which obviously I never have. But, <laughs> yeah, don't ask me questions about that. But, but like, yeah, like, it's, you can't just live that life without a care in the world, like, like loads of people do, because the Holy Spirit is in you and there to convict you of your sin, not for not for a bad purpose, but to make you more like Jesus, to go, hey, you shouldn't be doing that, love, and to, like, turn you onto a different path. So that's another thing that the Holy Spirit does. He convicts you of sin. And then also in John 14, it says that he's our comforter or counsellor. It says counsellor in my translation, but another way that word can be um, translated is comforter. And sometimes the Holy Spirit uses... Um, like like pictures and, and words from the Bible and stuff to comfort. I've got an example of this. So you were probably quite young when this happened. I can't remember what it was, but um, there were some bombings in London on July the 7th. I can't even remember what year that was, was it? So um, one of my friends died in the 7-7 bombings. She was a girl that I used to work with, another solicitor. And um, I wasn't very close to God at the time, so it wasn't like I was regularly getting pictures and stuff. I wasn't really going to church, um, but obviously I'd known God for quite a long time and he was still there, even though I was off the rails. Um, but I prayed about it and obviously I was like in the debt, my friend had died. 
and I just got in my head to read Psalm 10, and I was like, yeah, right then. So I picked up my old-fashioned book Bible, not my phone, and I looked up Psalm 10, and um, it says in Psalm 10 about someone lying in ambush, uh, lying in wait to ambush the poor, or something like that, and um, I felt like God was saying, yeah, like, that's what they did, but like vengeance is mine, like let me take care of it and I will take care of it and they will get their just desserts. Like, like don't worry about that, like I've got it, you know? Um, and I really felt like, God, like God's presence was with me and like the waves of his love, you know when you pray and you can feel the Holy Spirit like all over you um, and like God was my comforter and like he had it in hand, you know? Um, and then there's also like really mundane things like if you're applying for a job like the Holy Spirit can be your counsellor because the Holy Spirit can like tell you which one's the right one like one time I got offered three different jobs which like would never happen these days but back in the day I got offered three different jobs at the same time and I was like which one should I go for and I felt like I had that feeling of yeah that's the right thing to do you know because I had the Holy Spirit in me and then, so that's the main title, like, of what the Holy Spirit does in John 14 and 16. And then there's something called the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what they are? Like, in youth groups, like, and kids' work, you get taught these lists, don't you? Like, I never had that because I only became a Christian when I was 16. So my husband can, like, reel off the list from Galatians of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the list in Galatians 5 is... Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's the this ones I always get stuck on. I'm like, what kindness? What? Um, I can get love, joy, peace, patience. That's all right. So those things, like, they're called the fruits of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit grows them in us with their fruit. So it's not like he just gives it to you just like this. It's like it takes time to grow in you and, um, yeah, the Holy Spirit, yeah, just grows it over time. And the purpose of the fruits of the Holy Spirit are to make us more like Jesus. Jesus, you know, is loving and joyful and peaceful, all those things, patient, kind. And so that's another way that the Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus. And then we've also got the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can find those in 1 Corinthians. Um, in chapter 12, there's a list of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, there's more about tongues and prophecy. And those are like the miraculous, supernatural things that Jesus had, that Jesus used in his ministry that the Holy Spirit can just give you like that. You can just pray for the gift of tongues and the Holy Spirit can give it to you. Um, yeah, like if anyone wants to pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit later, that would be really cool. And the aim is always to transform us into Jesus' likeness. That's the whole point. And in Philippians 1.6, it says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. But, so that's like when Jesus comes back. So we know that that's going to be when it's completed. That's when it's going to be when we're like Jesus, when we're made like him, when Jesus comes back, probably when we've all died. But 
<laughs> so when he returns, we'll be like him. But that isn't the point of it. The Holy Spirit isn't, is transforming us now for our benefit in this lifetime, not for when we die. It's not about where you go when you die and if you go to heaven to be with God. It's about having the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead in your life for today and transforming your life now. It's not about what happens at the end. Like, yeah, that's a good thing that we get to go with to be with God and not be like without God, that would be horrible. Um, but it's about our benefit for this lifetime. So, in response to what we've heard about the Holy Spirit, like, there's always more. There's always more for you. There's all these gifts that the Holy Spirit can give you. There's all these fruits that the Holy Spirit wants to grow in you to make you more like Jesus. And we can pray for more of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian here today, you've always got the Holy Spirit living in you. But, but there's always more that God has for you. And so I'd really like us to pray for more of the Holy Spirit or maybe spiritual gifts. Or if there's something in particular like out of those lists. Or if you feel like you need like the guidance of the Holy Spirit or his comfort, there's always more of that for you, available for you. And so it would be really good to pray some of those things. Thank you, Tessie.